Hello, and thanks for coming along to And We Have an Office Dog, the digital agency podcast where we talk to agency owner directors and learn more about what makes them tick. From the things that make them similar to the things they'd rather have known sooner, where they've had success, and where they've learned some hard lessons. All will be revealed with your host, Chris Simmons, the Agency Accelerator, and he'll be talking to a different awesome agency person in each episode, asking them four questions and seeing where the conversation takes us over the next 25 minutes. Okay, so let us begin. Over to you, Chris. Thanks, voiceover guy. And on the podcast today, we've got Chrisception. We have Chris. How are you doing? <laughs> Very good, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Um, how's your week been so far? We're recording this on a Friday. We'll be going out on a Wednesday. So for all those people who are stuck in Wednesday hump day mode, um, how's Friday for them? Yeah, Friday's looking good, guys. Don't worry. The, yeah. the sun is still shining. You're getting the there. almost yeah. there. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, Chris, Growth Animals, how long have you been running? Uh, we're just coming up to three years old. Three, good year. Um, tantrums, things like that, all sorts of things oh, exactly. going on. You know, yeah, yeah. I can really relate it to my kids, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so it's been running for three years. You've got a, a, a co-founder or a business partner, haven't you? Correct, yes. I've got a co-founder named Jen, and we had worked together before. So we'd worked as client-side marketeers at the Goodwood Estate. So I was head of marketing. She was the most senior member of my team. And we had five enjoyable years working there together. Um, but as many people do, we kind of came to a point where we thought maybe we should do something different now. And so we came up with the crazy idea of starting growth animals. Brilliant. I, and, and I guess having done like a, a significant amount of time working together, um, that kind of means that like you kind of got each other, if that makes sense beforehand. Um, yeah. you know, most, most co-founders kind of knew each other before, but they're probably friends. Um, as opposed to work colleagues and friends. So you kind of yeah. understood how each other worked from a work point of view, didn't you? That's absolutely right, yeah. Because um, to be fair, Jen had always referred to me as her work husband. And <laughs> <laughs> there were many sort of uh, times where we we talked about this concept of how we, we can work seamlessly together and have, you know, slightly at times tempestuous discussions about things that arrive at a good destination because we've kind of maxed out on each other's emotional bank accounts so we don't mind taking emotional a emotional bank accounts we need to talk yeah. about that on another episode <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cool so so three years um if tell tell the listeners a little bit about the the business how do you work what what is it that, that you as an agency deliver yeah so we call ourselves the ethical marketing agency and, and essentially the idea behind that is that we feel that good marketing should grow a business's bottom line and positive impact in tandem. Um, and so when we are working with our clients, we're often having, again, you know, constructive discussions around what's the, the marketing, what's the messages that we can put out there that are going to be helpful and inspiring to consumers rather than intrusive or mm. manipulative. And it, and it comes from a place where, you know, one of the motivations behind this was that Jen and I had become quite disenchanted with the world of marketing when we worked for 
various big organizations. Mm. Um, I'd been in Carlsberg for nine years internationally before that. She'd been in luxury fragrances for nine years. And we'd often experience this whole idea where the pressures of shareholders or um, owners comes down on marketeers and good mm. marketeers end up doing slightly unethical tactics. Uh, yeah. And I think it's it's seen in the fact that marketing as a profession is often looked at with a slight tinge of cynicism from those outside it because they do yeah. see it as being slightly irritating, slightly unethical. Isn't it? Isn't it ironic though that that good marketing and good marketeers influence the decision making of quite a lot of people that still think it isn't powerful or useful or or quality. They you know they're the the trope of the coloring in department type thing yes. is, is, is it's still a thing. It um, is. like, uh, in digital as well, especially I, I, I've, I've spoken with people where they're multi-million pound businesses and they think that, you know, just doing something on the website is fine because it takes two minutes to do. Yeah. Um, but it does take months to plan. Um, the, the switch flipping isn't, isn't that hard, but the decision-making, the planning and all that sort of stuff. And, and the, up tops and the shareholders in these companies, they they've got one thing in mind and it's the value of the share. Um, and that then means that all OKRs are all accountabilities are tied to that. And like you say, it's some, sometimes, um, things get done that most people wouldn't be comfortable with. So, so that's yeah. your, that's your <clears throat> kind of your focus there. Like kind of don't, don't say yes to stuff sometimes. <laughs> Exactly. Like a classic example is we've got a we've got a client we've been working with for a couple of years now, and um, in October last year they they sort of came to us and said, "Oh, by the way, what should we do for Black Friday this year?" And we just kind of had a good conversation with them. We said, "Well, why do you feel like you need to be playing in it, and is it actually the right representation for your brand? You're actually a premium brand. You." Yeah. have this great sort of reputation particularly within your local area so have a think about what that's doing to it by playing within this slightly grubby territory um yeah. and so yes yeah, they they decided against it and it's, it's little things like that where i think we can over time start to influence a better way of marketing yeah um and it kind of it's a similar kind of thing and obviously not to get into the realms of like politics of stuff but some businesses will kind of force teams to change their um, logos on pride month and all that sort of stuff when it doesn't fit and sometimes that yeah. isn't for good reason um, yeah. fine for good reason absolutely fine for the right reasons but when you see a, a random brand that is not associated or not historically associated in a positive light with these sorts of things sort of making a a, a faux grab for some tiny bit of extra attention and um it's it isn't ethical so it's yeah. a nice place to be in what do you think has been one of the biggest successes that you guys have seen in the last three years i think for us it's that that message has started to come through really nicely so when we started i think like many businesses many agencies the type of work we got was linked to effectively mine and jen's back catalog of yeah. category experience whereas Lately, we've been getting a lot more work based upon this value fit of ethical marketing and, and impact marketing. And so the, the quality, the type of work we're doing now is a lot more um, exciting, motivating than it was back in those earlier days. Nice. And 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 like it is true that like when you start any agency, you you do your line in the sand, like, hi mum, I'm this thing now, 
the flag goes up and a few leads come in from your network and from your friends and from people you've worked with before. And then over time, the the referrals that you then get will be from the work that you've done. Yeah. The marketing that you do will be the thing that generates the leads. And obviously don't rely on referrals forever because that won't last. But have a good set of clients and you'll get referrals all the time but build a business on referrals and it's a small business but if you if you stick to your guns you know your value proposition and everything like that and your, the language you speak is the same the entire time then people will notice and then the right people will come along it's really hard to do that it's good to hear that you've kind of set a um a value proposition like really early it doesn't often happen with with agencies when they're when they're young as we say yeah and it's a good point around sticking to it and because because to be really honest you know there's there's been times certainly in sort of year one and year two where we thought has this been the wrong thing to do because it doesn't feel like it's getting us much business or much traction um so it's interesting yeah we we did a we did a a, a white paper for one of a better word last year around mm -hmm. the subject and interviewed a number of really impressive leaders who who were sort of showing the way of how to do marketing the right way and off the back of that we actually got a couple of bits of work and it even though they weren't the largest pieces of work yeah. it was so satisfying to get it via that route finally yeah um, and now we're starting to see that that approach of doing that content marketing thought leadership marketing whatever you want to call it so, but yeah. being really consistent in the approach to it is starting to bear some fruit yeah, but you do yeah. have to have the patience behind it, unfortunately. And and the 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 funny thing is, in agency world, it doesn't move as quickly as everyone thinks, but it does move at pace. It's just the consistency that you need to keep that then means the course is stayed, which is it's really good to hear. So if you could go back three years into the past, and and you and Jen were having your kind of your first let's incorporate conversation. Yeah. Um. What would advice would you give uh, the younger version of yourself? I think the main piece of advice I'd give to us then was to really be confident around our value that we have to offer. Um, because really, you know, we were coming out of successful careers. We had really good roles. We had really good reputation. There was a natural sort of imposter syndrome that mm. came in as soon as we were now agency leaders. Of yeah, do we really know what we're doing? Do are we credible enough to charge X day rate? Yeah, and so we naturally found ourselves, I wouldn't say discounting, but you know, we were offering our services at a rate that probably we would never dream of doing now, and it meant that we ended up doing smaller bittier bits of work that took more time and distracted yeah. us from getting the the better stuff yeah i, I it's, it's funny I, I i often consider um imposter syndrome to be the the opposing force to the dunning-kruger effect and i think that the majority of people who have imposter syndrome are actually ironically the people who shouldn't and the people that don't have imposter syndrome really are <laughs> and, and you know it's all well and good to sort of question yourself because if you are then you you know you you're being honest and and fair um but the downside is especially when when you when you're starting an agency it's it is a case of oh maybe because we're new we shouldn't be doing this but we want we think we should do this because that makes sense based on all of our other experience but no one gives a damn about that because we're a brand new agency and, mm. and the next thing you know like you say you've got 15 projects instead of five and 
you're running around all the time in meetings and calls and you've got documents to put together that you haven't yet got the templates for and everything like that and it's very yeah. hard to um to manage so <clears throat> do you think that three year ago version of you will have listened to that advice or do you think you just still gone we better just say yes to some cash probably wouldn't have listened no. yeah. <laughs> it's funny i don't think I, I i was saying just before the call this is recording like 97 or something like that and i'm pretty sure that about 97 percent of that 97 people um have also said that they wouldn't listen to themselves <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you know situationally at the time three years ago that's how you were and that's how you thought yeah. If you did see a three a, a version of yourself three years into the future, beyond going, oh my god, you've gone grey, um, you you kind of you, I you would hope that you'd listen to yourself, but actually, yeah. you'd still be very much entrenched in the situation that you're in. So it's pretty quite hard. I think you would, and I think there's a certain degree of you do have to go through that pain a little bit, yeah, to come out the other side and and know what is the right way. Yeah, sadly, we, had, we had people telling us those things back then, but we didn't listen then. So yeah. you know, well, the thing is, sadly, sadly, the best lessons are often the hard ones. They are, um, yeah. And they that the hard ones in business either cost time or money. Yeah. Um, and both of those costs, you know, stress. Um, but you you can't learn. Uh, you you can't just learn by reading. And there's a million books on everything. Like you, you've got kids. There's you probably. When when um uh when your partner got pregnant, I I suspect someone at some point bought a baby book, whether mm-hmm. it be a gift or not. And the second the baby came along, this baby book made no sense because it was totally different. Yeah. yeah. All of these agency books, most of the most of the how to build a business books, they make sense functionally, <laughs> but they don't they don't make sense in the real world. So you've got to learn like the situation is the situation at the time and how you handle it is fine no matter what the lesson you take from it and how you handle it a similar situation the next time that's the key yeah exactly exactly right so is there anything that you kind of um wish you'd done sooner that you're doing now and it's kind of working really well i do wish we'd stuck to our guns more around what we are experts at and what we're not so um funnily enough in the early stages we were very clear about this but then veered quite quickly and we're back here again and so obviously i talked about the ethical marketing Mm. positioning but what we actually do you know what our bread and butter is is brand strategy we are brand strategists at heart so we can help to um effectively elevate a brand bring it to life whether that be with visual identity with messaging etc But we also, as many do, have a couple of members of our team and, of course, an extended network who can then make some of that come to life through uh, digital marketing or whatever mm. it might be. But we're very clear that you know the brand strategy, that is our heartland. That is what we are best at. And then we have solutions. Some of them might include us, but some of them might be handing back to the client, might be referring other agencies on the delivery side. Mm. But in those early years, early days, we were too easily sort of tempted to stray into territories that we weren't the experts in because Mm. it felt like it was obviously it was more money but it also felt like it was worth the shot to see whether we could go that way yeah actually what we've learned is no be really clear from day one about what you're best at you know what your what your niche is for one of a better word as well Mm. um and and hero that as much as you can so is there, conversely then, is there something that you, as you started up, 
that you did kind of right on the, off the bat? Is there something that's kind of stuck throughout that um, that has helped you get to here? I think our brand proposition, so the ethical marketing piece and mm. um, the other thing that we always talk about when we speak to prospective clients is the fact that we've come from this client side background. So we've been there, done that, got the mm. T-shirt. We understand your pain points. Those have been two consistent messages that have been there from day one and have mm. never really, really faltered. Yeah. And and in the and, and I think that's probably because, you know, it, it's actually a, a piece of you. Like, you know, when, yes. when you build a proper proposition like that, you don't just do it lightly. It's very it's easy to say it's hard to do. Um, and you know anyone can write something on their website. It's very hard to to actually know that that's what fits you. Yeah, and like I work with um, a lot of agencies that we you know we, we we accelerate the growth of an agency, and what often happens is you look at it and well, this that one of the big bottlenecks is you don't know who you are and who you're selling to and what you're selling to them. Yeah, and you have to work that out before you can before you can run uh, headlong into into a bunch of sales. Um, because it, if if you don't have that, then it's really hard to to do much more. I think yes. that, you know if you, if you know that up front and you knew that in the beginning and you stuck to it throughout, then it's definitely the right thing for you. Yeah, yeah. If, unless all of a sudden everyone hates being ethical, um, then you know, then then you know you're onto a winner. Stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> so someone's been listening to this podcast. They're thinking about setting up an agency right now. Um, and they've come to you, they've knocked on your door and they've said, Hey, Chris, um, give me some advice. Um, what would you give them? What would piece of advice? So, yeah, definitely almost to what you just said is, is really have a think about who you are. What's your, what's your proposition that's going to mm. come through in your agency? What makes you special? So almost do the classic Simon Sinek, start with why exercise understand your why what's your purpose mm. um and make sure that that does come through in everything that you communicate yeah um and then those those sort of more practical things that we kind of touched upon of you know knowing your value sticking to your value um mm. don't go too cheap unless you really really have to yeah um and yeah being consistent be consistent. Consistency—that's yeah. the one. That's a big one. Um, yeah. Regardless of anything you do, be consistent. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I often say, you know, uh, the the following the the checklist thing sometimes works if you're um, if if you can make it work. It's it's hard because you know you can follow the checklist in the book and all that sort of stuff. But um, if you make a list of all the things that you can do then you make a list next to it that's all the things that you can do that you enjoy doing and then you make a list next to it that's all the things that you can enjoy that you can do that you enjoy doing that someone will pay you well enough for mm. the shorter the third list is the shortest of the lists and then that becomes the right now who do i like working with who do yes. i like working with that buys these things who do I like working with that buys these things that pays this much? And then you're getting on the verge of getting towards where that could be. Yeah, then it's a really good exercise. It, yeah. it, it takes a lot longer than I've just said, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's really good because it, it helps. Like once you know that your language changes, your elevator pitch changes, everything you say changes, and it feels a lot more comfortable to talk about your business. 
Yes, exactly. So thanks very much for coming on the podcast, Chris. It's been great to talk to you. Two Chris's on one podcast is probably uh, the best one I've 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 had. Sorry to all the other guests, but none of you are called Chris. So <laughs> thanks very much for coming, mate. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. And in our next episode, we'll be speaking with another agency leader to hear their story and the lessons they learned along the way. And in the meantime, thanks very much for listening. Ha, ha, ha.